Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all of the out-of-date news and up-to-date views from the Australian beer world and beyond. Uh, We are back in lockdown, which is pretty awesome. Isn't it? Isn't it? It was inevitable that we would end up back here. Yeah, that's true. It's (laughs) always when we're uh, planning a podcast, so... Or brewing. <laughs> yeah, plan anything fun, really. Yeah, yeah. But here we are, back inside and drinking bang on five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, look, that, that's, the, that's the one good part. You don't have to drive anywhere because you can't drive anywhere. That's it. Um, so we are, yep, still going. We did do some fun stuff, which we'll talk about later, which is, uh, you know, not a, not a total wash. At least it waited till Good Beer Week was over. Well, exactly. It could have been a complete disaster. But uh, we just on the end of it, it may have just a, just a normal disaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, year of the local is kicking back off on the website. Yep, yep. We're making a concerted effort in June to uh, get it back going, with a view to maybe finishing it this year. From a selfish point of view, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If those pesky breweries would just stop opening up, then you'd have a well, chance. Yeah, that would help. I, uh, we've gone a long way backwards since the last post. <laughs> At least um, we'll have done second visits of a lot of them by the time you get it done, so you'll, you'll make sure you're being thorough. They'll, they'll be better for it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fortnightly format's going okay so far? Yeah, we've, we've put them out. Yep. I think this will be three in four weeks, I think, depending how quickly we get this one out. Yeah, which is um, pretty good for us. Um, so, yeah, well, you we heard from uh, Simon Hargraves, uh, I would say a regular commenter now, uh, left a comment. He is pro the move. If anyone else is pro or anti the move, please, please let us know. But I think we're, we're enjoying it, the, the shorter, sharper ones. Um, when I say shorter and sharper, I mean like five minutes shorter and not and much sharper. Yeah, not <laughs> a lot sharper. <laughs> but theoretically. Um, and theoretically, the content is closer to on time. Yes, yes, at least, yeah. Uh, not so much with the first podcast, but uh, we did get the Annalise Niskins interview from Maddock up. Uh, so that, that is up, and please go have a listen if you haven't already. It's, it's on their Instagram and their Facebook and on the Beer O'Clock website and all that. Wherever you listen to this, basically, you'll be able to find it. Yeah, that's come up really well, I think, that interview you did. Um, and it's been really well received. We've had a couple of comments about how... Um, how interested people were with the story yeah even if you don't know the brewery it's a great story and Annalise is a very good sport and um their beer is genuinely good so and as I said in the Facebook post I put up if you don't know about them now you will soon yeah have a look and uh get excited think think slow lane but more authentic (laughs) yeah yeah which is you know high praise but uh well deserved I think yeah um I'm, I'm excited so I think we should get into the new Let's do it. The reason I'm excited is because Coopers have listened to the podcast enough and they have put Best Extra Stout in cans. We've won, Dylan. We you did know, it. Our, our rampant pressure. They've caved. So, so this is our last podcast. <laughs> <Just> yeah. so, <laughs> We've achieved so all purpose. the aims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we set out, uh, we, we had one goal and now that it's ticked off. Although they are only... They are only limited edition. We might have to do it until it's a core range offering. Yeah, limited edition 440s isn't quite what we want. Uh, so we'll have to get on the phone to Dr. Tim and uh, 
but an eighty dollar four forty mil case of best extra stout. That's, I didn't know that was that reasonable. Yeah, it's very reasonable. I nearly, I was so nearly bought a case yesterday. I've got uh, six put aside at somewhere that is more than ten kilometers away from me. <laughs> but I will, I'll get, I'll get them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's no, exciting. I mean, it's a great beer. I don't think we need to necessarily wait to try the beer to say this is good news. I think it's good from Coopers too. I, I would love to see dark ale in cans. Yep. Um, yeah. I, Just, I think depending how well this goes, they may well do that. I think you could put dark ale in and make it more of a year-round kind of thing. I mean, Moobrew's dark ale is, I would say, if, it, if it's not their most popular beer, it would be one of their two most popular beers. Yeah, it, it'd, be, it'd have to be up there now. And uh, White Rabbit's the other good example. I mean, there is a market for these things. Yeah. Although um, White Rabbit is still only bottles, or do they can that dark ale? No, they don't can the dark ale, unfortunately. Yep. But it is a it is a core range dark ale. I that's, guess. that's yep. in that would be in Cooper's. Uh, it's interesting actually because White Rabbit do can a lot of stuff now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They do those um, those little sours they do in cans. Yeah, I think they do the pale in cans as well. Yeah, I think I think you may well be right. Um, so we'll have to. That can be our next our next job: getting White Rabbit dark. We're getting all the, all the quasi craft brands into cans by the time <laughs> we're done. Um, speaking of less quasi craft things, uh, Good Beer Week was back and yeah. yeah, came back and they did well. They did. Doesn't that seem like an eternity ago now, though? <laughs> yes, it does. But uh, glad they got through it as we as we mentioned before. And um, yeah, uh, there was a bit of a, a COVID scare towards the end. Like they, they just got there. They only just got there. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the very early cases in this cluster visited the Palace Hotel in between gab sessions when all the people were who were going to between the two sessions were at the Palace just having a that was sort of the the obvious catfish replacement venue. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's not a great time to have someone visit. No, there was it's also directly after work and as Crafty was starting his blind tasting. IPA event, um, which interestingly was won by Big Shed's Watsy's Hazing, which I don't think I've had. No, neither. We'll have to have that. We'll have to track that one down. Um, but yeah, so those guys, anyone who was there then had to have 14 days isolation. I think Crafty was in hotel quarantine, so That's his right. family could stay in his house. He was. I was wondering why he was, and I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. I that... thought he might have lived interstate or something. No. No, no, that's just, why. just all that. That's pretty great. Not not pretty great, but um, pretty great. It puts his Instagram uh, post in a different light because it was like just his this amazing looking beer fridge, and I was like, wow, he's bought a lot on holiday or picked up a lot. He's on gas, but he's probably literally got gone home and like got them to pack up a box of beer for him. Yeah, had, goes hotel quarantine. Had people send stuff in to hotel quarantine, probably. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, hopefully he, he would be just about out now, I think. Uh, yeah, Borderline. I think tomorrow is day 14 for those guys. Oh, we're, we're rooting for you all. Um, so uh, they'll be out by the time we get this out. Yeah, <laughs> almost certainly. Uh, absolutely certainly. Um, Beer Thread and Boat Rocker have joined CBC. If you didn't uh, hear about CBC, we did a podcast on that not too long ago. Um, they have been caught the wrath of Zuckerberg. And uh, they have had their pages deleted. What's the boat rocker one? I didn't. 
hear this one. Yeah, so Boat Rocker have lost their actual business page. That's weird, because I was thinking, oh, do Boat Rocker have a casual social group, but no, they've just eliminated their business page. No, no, it's their business page. Um, and they did it just before, like, a couple of weeks before Good Beer Week, which is just terrible timing. Like, it's, it's always going to be bad, but that's a busy time for them where you'd want to be putting out social media stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, difficult with the business page. You could argue with other things. I uh, just chuck, you know, make a uh, an Instagram page, chuck it on Twitter, whatever. But yeah, a business page. Unfortunately, you kind of need that Facebook yeah, exposure. Exactly. And Matt, um, when we spoke to him about CBC, was saying that if he was a business page, he'd have more luck with with Facebook. Like there were um, structures in place that you can talk to them, sort of thing. Um, but Boat Rocker don't seem to be having any luck with that. Is there no. just some some vigilante going around trying to nail beer pages or something? It's very strange. I think it falls foul of a few community standard stuff and then there's probably some bots, you know, just going and finding things that they disagree with. Yeah, it's just weird because you'd think out of, I don't know, Boat Rocker are not exactly controversial, I think. I wonder if it got too big because I think they just hit 10,000 followers. So maybe there was some sort of they've hit a threshold and now they get scrutinised more or something like that. Yeah, just just very odd. Because 10,000 would be one of the bigger um, craft beer Facebook um, communities. Like a, for a, yeah. Like for an individual brewery. Yeah, it's still mm, – it all strikes me as a bit odd. It does. Beer Thread made a bit more sense. I think they were fully aware why, you know <laughs> – why that might be gone? <laughs> I assume that would be a, a similar reason for a lot of a lot of the beer pages, but again, I don't think there was anything. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing, Just, nothing terribly untoward. A lot of the stuff that stays up on Facebook is kind of what I'm basing it off. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. That's why it confuses me. And so there's the Phoenix Group for um, Beer Thread, which is Beer Thread is dead. If anyone is wondering where that uh, part of their feed went, <laughs> and um, Leon also posts on inst- posts on Instagram under the same name. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. All one word, and his photography has always been very good. And you get the added bonus of not having to listen to a lot of the nuffies <laughs> on Beer Thread. So all, it's, although that is part of the entertainment. That is sometimes. true, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, there has been a wave of sort of, um, I don't want to just say sexism allegations, but just, just reports of things that have happened uh, very untoward and disappointing things at breweries in the US, which have sort of spread, you know, worldwide. Um, Big names such as Tired Hands and stuff have sort of come under the microscope and um, a lot of their practices have been scrutinised and found wanting, to say the least. A lot of this is uh, from Rat Magnet on Instagram, who is a brewer. Um, Forgive me, I forget the name of the brewery she works for. Uh, but um, It's Notch. Notch, that's the one, yeah. Um, and she basically just put out a call saying, you know, I think she got a story from someone and she said, has anyone else had something like this and received an astronomical amount of uh, things, all sort of, all sorts of sexism and racism and wonderful things like that we don't want to see in the industry. Um, so I think there has been a fair bit of feedback to breweries, um, some of it pretty poor, some of it a bit more promising, but... Um, Hopefully this leads people to feel they can speak out a bit more and also just leads to a bit of a, a microscope on the culture. 
Um, if you've seen some good responses from like Garage Project, they weren't accused of anything, luckily, but they've come out in full support and things like that, and which I yeah, think has been good. The IBA has put out a statement, quite quite a strongly worded statement about that as well. I'd like to think we do it slightly better in Australia than America, but you know the reality is probably not. Uh, I'd like to think so, just given some of those stories were horrible to read. <laughs> it's yeah, it's painful stuff. It's uh. Makes you a little bit embarrassed. It's the kind of things like, you know, when I was um, big into sort of like video games and stuff, it's the kind of thing you'd hear about happening at video game tournaments. And you can kind of understand the uh, lack of social quality (laughs) about hobbies like that. But, you know, this is a fairly new age, hip industry. Yeah. That should know better. Yeah, exactly. Um, I listened to about the first 10 minutes of a podcast with Brienne uh, this afternoon. Um, she's on a podcast called Graining In. It's an American one. Uh, and it's just her name, the name, if anyone's looking for more um, information about that. Um, I learned a lot in the first 10 minutes that I hadn't sort of heard so far. Like she she was the former chapter leader of the Pink Boots um, chapter in Boston. Yeah. Um, which is the largest in the world. And she was saying there was a lot less sort of stories coming out of that area because they'd sort of been tackling it for quite a long time there, which I yeah. th- thought was quite interesting that it's just maybe it is about people being aware of this reduces the behaviour. Well, yeah, I mean, you feel like some of these breweries, especially the ones that have like the cult of personality around them, like uh, Jean and Co at, at Tired Hands is like the one that really stuck out to me because... I always uh, had a lot of respect for them from a distance, but I kind of feel like the that sort of cult of personality thing they've built up it kind of, yeah, makes a bit of sense and it's, um yeah, disappointing. Yeah, and she said she's, I think she said she'd posted about a 1,000 stories so far and had tens of thousands more, which is crazy to think about. That is, yeah, and... um yeah, it's a shame, but I mean, good to see these things being tackled head on. Um, it been the, the response from the community, I would say, has been overwhelmingly supportive. Um, you get your enough nuffs, but you get that in uh, everything on the internet, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> I think in the real world, though, uh, it has been mostly positive, um, which is all you can ask is when this kind of stuff comes to light is that there is a recognition that a wrong was done and an attempt to fix it going forward. That's right, and stop it happening in the future. Yeah. Um, so I'd say go listen to that podcast if you want if you want more. We're probably nowhere we're nowhere near qualified enough to speak about this kind of thing. That's right. And the other one I'd recommend is Tiff and Lindsay have just started their sort of Ale of a Time spin off podcast Crack the Ceiling. And I'm sure they'll address it. I think the whole point of that podcast was sort of to address stuff like that in the industry anyway, and then this is sort of rolled in at the same time. So I'm sure they'll get onto that soon. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you would like to know more or would like to listen to far more important voices on the matter, then please go and do so. Uh, it is important. And, yeah, hopefully we will see less of it going forward. Exactly. Uh, something that should be applauded is the AIBA winners for this year. Um, the I think, you know, the, the first one to get out of the way is uh, Champion Australian Beer going to Dollar Bill is... Both very surprising and very good. Very, very cool. 
I just thought of it as such a wonderful fuck you to Ballarat for the area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly disappointed they took the high road, and I don't think that's been mentioned yet. But <laughs> yeah, um, they I'll even say I think they even they they sort of like uh, put the hashtag like visit Ballarat in the post about the win, oh. and like it's almost like I don't know if this is a sly dig or you're just uh, you just genuinely love Ballarat so much that you can yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think that's good. This is the kind of recognition that they probably not only do they deserve, but will help them a lot because they've always been flying under the radar more than they should. Yeah. I'm really keen to get my hands on that gold teeth beer. I hadn't heard of it before, before that one. Yeah. And I'm sure it will be fantastic. Oh yeah. I I don't need to taste it to know that with what they put out. Uh, Champion Large Brewery was Four Pines like it always is. Uh, Champion Medium Brewery was Hop Nation. Uh, champion small brewery was cheeky monkey which was interesting to me they put out some really good little bits and pieces last year or maybe the year before who knows with time anymore <laughs> their ipas they're like there's core range hoppy stuff's always been really good yeah and i like the um, the big imperial stout as well that's really mm. good doesn't sound like you no not <laughs> um, have you seen the international winners? Because they are they are three great international winners, just for the diversity and aren't they? I yeah. reckon it's so good. So it's, Vine Svana was a large international um, N beer craft brewing from Sichuan and Goose Island from Seoul, which is just like this is it's good fun. It is, it is, and it's I think it's made better because uh, Deep Creek had to hand back that award for Champion Large because they miscalculated. Yeah. Yeah, which is good of them too. I I had forgot about that one though. Yeah, but it sort of ties in nicely because I think what Vine Stefana and then the Goose Island Brewhouse in Seoul is just like it's a beautiful juxtaposition. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's very strange and um there was a surprising number of Chinese gold medals in this uh yeah. Um maybe it says something about the improving quality in China, but I um, hope so, yeah. They they have always entered an, a lot in the AIBAs. I think we're seeing over there is a big beer drinking, you know, country, which we are, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just um, don't... And so I think the AIBAs carried quite a bit of weight over there because of that. Well, I just noticed they were they were up in the medals, up higher, uh, winning yep. categories more than I'd seen in the past, which is good to see. Yeah. Um, we always like international representation, I think, in the AIBAs. It's good fun. Um, should also say Valhalla won Best Gypsy Brewer, which is um, cool for them. Yeah, because their beers are really nice. Yeah, they're, they're difficult to get around and all that stuff. So, you know, the um, the boost that will give them will be great for them. Um, anything stick out to you that you want to mention? I want to talk about Rattenhund. Have you had Rattenhund from no, I haven't. I oh, it's, it's amazing. Good. Yeah, it's awesome. Hard to find now, apparently, but so I'll keep an eye out for you. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I was looking at myself. One that stuck out to me was um, that Yendo won a gold. For Did a they? sweet stout, which is just, yeah, not... The, all of those things are very strange to me. Uh, the other one, Australian-style pale ale, Burley Twisted Palm, which I really don't like. I've never liked it. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I like... One of those ones where I've had good ones before. It's a very, mm. it's a very two burns gold now, very single fin. It's like good ones exist, you just, just don't see you them. You just don't find them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which I... Yeah, that that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Timmy's winning, winning non-alcohol was good to see. Yeah, and look, well-deserved. It is probably legitimately like one of the best alcohol-free beers in Australia. Um, and 
was I, I'm, I didn't see like heaps normal and stuff. I don't know if they entered or not, but um, I feel like they sure. would have been up there. They'd have to be. That that's a really good little beer. Um, there's one. There's a few that I wanted to try in uh, in those non-alcoholic sort of ones. Like there's some that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty pretty interesting. Um, I didn't heard of Le Petite beer from Stone and Wood. Which one? Yeah. Best Belgian or French style? Assume that's one of the pilot batch things they do. I would assume so as well, but yeah, still, still, it's maybe it will uh, push them to release it properly. And then probably the last one that tickled me was that the best specialty flavored beer, which you'd think would be all the hype breweries would be all over, was one by a Chinese brewery. Yeah, the vanilla coffee imperial stout. It must have been good. It must have been good. There was some stiff competition there. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention with Dollar Bill, uh, mm. just while I remember, is that it beat uh, three Rodenbucks to take out that uh, the Belgian-style fruit beer, wow. as well as winning overall. But, like, you know, it's just it sort of just gives you an idea of uh, what kind of things were being entered in its own category, let alone overall. That's crazy. That is crazy. The other one I was going to mention was that Obsession from Fixation got a consistency medal. So that's, oh, okay. that's a gold three years in a row. That's a cracking little beer. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, a lot of interesting results. I mean, we could probably go on all night, but go, you can jump on rasv.com.au and check out every single entry and medal and so on. Um, and we'll check a link in the show notes as well for that. <laughs> Yeah people, yeah, people can play to their heart's content. Um, yes, yes, because there's there's a lot to go through there, and uh, you know it'd be great to do a live thing sometime or something. But um, otherwise, we're just kind of repeating information that is all just there already. Uh, the next one is excise law changes. Yeah, well, this has been dreamed about by craft brewers for years. Um, interestingly, this was a very early budget leak this year. Generally, that means you're sort of in a you're cool, you know, or or of national importance, which is cool that craft beer is sort of being thought of in that circle. They need well, the money, I think, as well. That That's what I was thinking as well. The, in this economy, you'd think they probably need the money. But it's also, it is a labour-intensive business, so maybe giving the money is going to give the, you know, jobs that may have been lost, et cetera, et cetera. You can spin this any way you, you want to. Um, so currently... Uh, brewers could claim 60% of their excise tax paid up to $100,000. And in the new system, you're able to claim 100% of $350,000. So it's yeah, a pretty significant Yeah. For low-margin breweries, that is a big change. Yeah. Now, hopefully it doesn't just encourage a race to the bottom with people going, oh, I've got all this extra money in my pocket. Maybe I'll, you know, lower surely my keg prices. In, surely not in craft beer. No, no, that would never happen, would it? <laughs> Speaking of a uh, race to the bottom, uh, Endeavour drinks not the Woolworths one. No, no. So, And this is part of where all that disaster comes from. I don't even know where to begin with this. This is just such a disaster. So there was a board spill in October last year. Um, one of the directors who was ousted back then has recently requested an EGM to consider a wind-up motion, which the current board rejected instantly. (laughs) Um, They've lost their Woolies distribution, which is more than two-thirds of their revenue. 
their tap room partner who they I think they were setting up like a heap of tap rooms around around the country. Their relationship is described as in an irreparably terminal state. <laughs> two good two words you don't want to see side by side. No. And basically his thing was the board was inept. Uh after Woolworths Liquor Group became Endeavour Drinks, they told them they would like to see, you know, a new brand, not Endeavour Brewing, you know, because of IP well, or I, confusion. I always thought that, because you only ever saw the bloody things in Dan's, I always just thought they were like a Woolworths home brand. Yep, but no, they're not. Uh, and basically, so they spent hundred and about 180 grand on a brand refresh for Endeavour after they'd been told by Woolies, you're not going to be able to have keep Endeavour. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be ranged here, you can keep it, but you can't be ranged here sort of thing. Uh, and then they spent 60, 65 grand or something going down the route of a a new name and then realised that it also had IP issues. <laughs> what do you mean Stone and Wood's taken? Yeah, basically. Um, but it does show the sort of pitfalls of crowdfunding. Yep. Because this is one of the ones they, they did a big capital raise a few years ago. And then have been very quiet about well, like anything you, since. You don't like to hear it happening, but realistically, who's hanging out for Endeavour beers? I not I many have, people by the sounds. Of it. Yeah, I would have had one, but I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, same, same. Uh, wholly unremarkable was all I could remember, yeah. which is possibly why I thought they were Woolworths home brand. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of crowdfunding, young Henry's are crowdfunding for solar panels, uh, 60k. This seems strange. Yeah. So my initial thought was it was just sort of a greenwashing thing. Then I sort of read their press release and a few bits and pieces. It's actually semi-interesting. Um, basically they're dub- more than doubling their capacity, their solar panels, uh, that they've got. So they've already done this once before. They've got 30 kilowatts. I think it's kilowatts. Um, of solar power, uh, and they're upping it to 69, uh, which I think is taking up their entire roof space. Um, they're doing this through a a pretty cool platform called the Pingala Cooperative, um, who are like a renewables um, crowdfunding thing, and it gives a return of 8% to people who invest. That is cool. Yeah, and so basically it can keep funding, you know, new infrastructure for more solar panels and things like that. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, they said in their press release that they didn't have to crowdfund this. They could probably have paid for it themselves. Um, that was what I was thinking. Uh, but they thought it was a good exercise in showing consumers what they stand for um, and also that it's good for consumers who want to invest in renewables but don't quite have enough money to you know, put their own solar panels on or they're renting and they can't put solar panels on. Yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm not. I was less against it by the time I'd finished reading their their stuff than the headline because I, you'd think a brand that size could afford sixty grand for their. Well, that was my that was my first thought before you said anything. Yeah, um, I think they should lead with the uh, the renewable renewables thing <laughs> rather than uh yeah. yeah. Oh well, uh, good on them, and I'm sure they'll smash that out of the park very easily if they haven't already. Uh, expressions of interest closed because there were too many. Like that's yeah. how yeah. Yeah. they've destroyed uh, it. Yeah. Young Henry's never have trouble getting people to buy into what they do. No, and they do have some redeemable qualities. 
like solar motorcycle panels. oil, solar panels, and a- yeah, Audi. motorcycle oil is good. Motorcycle oil is good. <laughs> the less said about the rest of their beer, the better. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Moving on after that. <laughs> Speaking of beers, we'd like to talk about less. Mm. We might be talking about brew less. Yeah, I'm torn on this because they do seem to come back from positions you think they're dead. <laughs> you know, far more than any other company does. But I think the signs are now trending badly for brew. Um, revenue was up for the quarter, but they lost $1.2 million still. Yeah, which is another million dollars they don't have, I assume. <laughs> yeah, year-to-date losses are up to three, just over $3 million, and cash in the bank is down to 180000 which, if ASIC were doing their job, would sort of kill brew because that's not enough to keep them operating for the yes, quarter. Yes, this bit. kills the brew. You know, whatever. Um, they had to order more beer um, under their CUB... Um, deal, even though they've still got about half of the last lot in stock because they haven't been able to sell it. Um, but the thing that I think is where you're starting to get the the death knells are coming is that Kent has paid himself some of his unpaid wages. Mm. So if he's now starting to take money out himself, <laughs> yes, you know, he might be thinking it's time to wind this up. Well, he still owns Mildura, right? Yes. Or one of them. They physically own the Mildura site, yes. Yeah. So surely you cut your losses and just put this debacle behind you and try to salvage what you can from it. Yeah, but you can't pay yourself 400 grand a year at Mildura. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, Maybe if you buy the town, you could. Mm, mm. Maybe that's what you should do. Get on the waterboard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, more. I mean, brew's basically water anyway, right? But that's that's my understanding. <laughs> yeah, I've had it before. Um, it's so just I. such a nothing beer. It's just yeah. It's actually Mildura is almost the right place for it because it's disgustingly hot and that's sort of cold and wet and slightly bitter. If they'd marketed themselves properly ten years ago, it would have been fine. But the problem is, is that Great Northern's everywhere now. Yeah, exactly. They just that's their spot. They actually probably hit the target audience and then CUB went, hang on, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why are we using these guys? We brew beer anyway. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, well, well, we'll see how that goes. I have a feeling this won't be the last we hear from brew. Oh, we'll definitely hear more from them. <laughs> they won't go down without kicking and screaming, I think. <laughs> no. Um, the 2021 HBA Hop Report is out. Yep. We're going to chuck this in the show notes because there is like – like the la- the Bath House Hop Report we talked about each year, there is so much detail in here if you want it. Um, but sort of key points. Uh, Galaxy grew for the 11th year in the row, if you discount the hail damage year, whatever year that was, 15 or 16. Uh, I can't remember. Yep, doesn't One really matter. One of 15 or 16, there was a hail damage, and they sort of exclude that for <laughs> you know the purposes of what they were talking about. Because their hectoridge grew in that time anyway. Um, There's a slight increase in hectoridge this year, uh, but a decrease in yield, which is interesting. Shows the sort of pitfalls of being in an agronomics business. Especially in Australia. Yep, exactly. Um, Eclipse is forecast to almost quadruple in hectoridge in the next three years. That's not surprising. No one's surprised about that. Any any news on Sabro? Uh, No, no Sabro notes. I don't think we're growing any in Australia. I think it's yeah, no, I don't think so. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, so lots of detail. So we'll check that link in the show notes. Um, there's stuff like the oil content rose above the five-year average for every variety except Enigma. You know, hmm. you can go as deep as you want in this. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. I, I'd be interested in trying a bridge road Enigma with this crop. Yeah, so would Get I. God, I love very, that beer. Yeah, yeah. Another one that they should can and make easier to find. I think they did can it last year. Well, I didn't see it. Yeah. That's that's what that's again if, if it was la- canned. Last year doesn't count. <laughs> yes, that too. There was yeah, too much beer consumed last year. Mm. Um FSA and Z want nutritional information on beers. Yep, so this is the same uh, body that did the pregnancy label that we talked about a bit last year. Yep. Uh looking to bring in nutritional labeling. I think they're mostly concerned about energy, sugar and carbs. Yep. Uh obviously there's issues there. How 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 much is it going to cost for brewers to test it? Are they going to have to yep. get it tested? Yeah. Uh, or because there are there is a sort of a homebrew ABV style algorithm you can use, but how that works with um a, with additives and stuff, I don't know. Surely, just education on the average calorie content of beers would be better. This is not going to ever happen realistically. Like <laughs> widespread, people are just going to. Like bigger breweries will do it, but good luck getting all the smaller breweries to do it. Well, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, you'll get a warning against it, but if it's a one-off release, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you just, just don't do it again. Like it looks like crap. People know the beer's not good for you. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, seems like the wrong way to go about this. It, I, it's, I think yeah. it's really a really odd decision, but it's a bit of a misunderstanding of the industry. I think. Do people? I, I suppose the fact that pure blonde and stuff exists suggests people do care about this, but the average person surely knows that, that this isn't good for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you're conscious of it, then the ones that are not as bad for you make it abundantly clear, like your big heads and things. That's right. And, like, surely the basic rule of lower alcohol equals less, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the alcohol is the thing that's bad for you. Yeah. Um, and And the, you know... Kilo of lactose and in their modern beers. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, speaking of expansions. Yes. If you the, the waistline expansion from lactose. So that's what I'm going with. I, I um, like it as a segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brick Lane have announced a $50 million expansion, which is... Uh, doubling basically, yeah, pretty much exactly doubling their capacity to approximately twenty million liters, um, which will make them the second largest independent brewery behind only Coopers. Oh, so bigger than Stone and Wood, bigger than Stone and Wood, which I think about fourteen, something like that, fourteen fifteen. There you go. Um, well, yeah, I mean Brick Lane have always done pretty good stuff. Uh, Tinnies is doing very well for them. Very interesting in the article we read today. Uh, only a third of their production is their own beer. I'm actually surprised it's that much of their own beer. Like, I s- suppose you see them popping up more and more now. Yep. Probably because they they get in with their uh, contracts sort of stuff and then... Yeah. Um, yeah, they can put their own stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I think Someday sells pretty well. Yeah, that's quite nice. Um, actually, everything I've had from them is quite nice. It's always I, very solid. Yeah. They're like Hawker's Light. They do good examples of the style, just not quite as good examples. But it's all 
Fairly basic stuff, well made. Yeah, I like that comparison. Uh, I'm really keen to try their triple and quad that they've just released in bottles. Oh. Yeah, yeah that would be interesting. Which is a bit of a departure from what they've done, so that will be interesting. They make, yeah, they make pretty good beers. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, they seem to be in a healthy position. Um, you know, they've just released new tinnies range and stuff. I think it'll all be fine for them. New tinnies branding that removes any mention of them, which I found interesting. Yeah, well, it may have been for both parties, to be honest. Cole's probably want to take more ownership of it when it, now that it keeps winning awards, Brick Lane may be like, we don't necessarily want to be associated yeah. directly with Cole's. So I think it's a win-win, that one. Yeah. Um, the the branding is take it or leave it. I think it's fine. But um, it's yeah, it, no, it's like... Nothing yeah. you get excited about, it's fine. It's like... Much like the beer. It's sort of bolter light in that respect yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, all of those tinnies are totally fine, well-made beers. Like they're well-made entry-level craft beers. Yeah. Um, so... Hopefully the brewers get to stretch their legs and do some cool stuff, uh, like triples and quads. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Darker Days, the uh, the Bright Festival, is back July 16th to 18th. Yep. This year they're going to be joined by Mr. Banks and Molly Rose. Um, Good combo. Core idea is the same as always, beer, music, food and fire. And they've promised it'll be bigger and better than ever having missed last year. For yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> well, good. I'm excited to have that back. Uh, not that I've ever been, but I'm excited for whenever Bright does anything. Exactly. Uh, and you definitely need fire in Bright in July because that would be <laughs> unpleasantly cold. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind fire in uh, Waverley, so I-, I understand where they're coming from. Um, Seven Cent have finally closed their doors. Uh, finally being the operative word, I... Nothing against them. Um, I just didn't know they were still around. Uh, well, they sort of haven't been. They, when I started Year of the Local, they were on hiatus, uh, and they've been on hiatus ever since. Uh, but now they've, uh, they're coming out of retirement for Alehouse Projects closing down party. I think they're doing four beers, but then they're calling it quits. Okay. So it's less of a, a big sort of collapse and more of just, a, you know, we're done with this basically. Yeah, I think they all still had day jobs and then kids came along and the brewery sort of fell by the wayside and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, that's, I guess, you know, a shame but also good they can go out on their own terms. Exactly. A lot of places don't. So um, I I had some, like, a couple of good um, IPAs and did, like, a Belgian dark and a few. I mean, that I've had, I haven't had a lot from them. Um, it's the kind of thing you'd see at Wheat Gang now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I always enjoyed what I had. So, um, yeah, they, they will be remembered in the back of people's minds, I think. I have, I think it's a dumb barley wine from them floating around in the cellar somewhere. That, that, that sounds like something we'll have to uh, crack to celebrate. I think it was a, uh, I think it was a dessert barley wine before that was a thing. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, they always, I remember they did always do slightly out there stuff. Yeah, Big and Beardy was their Russian Imperial, and God, that was a good beer. Well, at least there'll be, yeah, in, between, in this podcast there'll be some remembrance of them. Exactly. Uh, so all the best to them going forward. Um, and all the best to new breweries and tap rooms and things that are opening. We've got, we got a list we're going to run through. Yep. 
Um, we got Rambler's Aleworks is just about to open. Yeah, and they're on Riversdale Road, Hawthorne, which for anyone who knows Melbourne, that's a strange spot for a brewery, but it's sort of in an I, area. I like it, though. Yeah, so do I. And it's in a um, a spot where there, there's just nothing else around it. Well, Hawthorne, is, it's a very underutilised area. The amount of uni students and, like, crappy pubs there, there is, they are crying out for something that isn't beer deluxe. Exactly. Exactly. They need that, and that I reckon they're going to kill it. Yeah, I reckon they'll do very well. Um, real, it, the rent would be expensive, so that's that's probably why people have been turned off. But uh, yeah, and uh, just down the road, Deeds are opening. I want to say start of July now. I think it was meant to be mid June, but I think it's the start of July. Yeah, and I think that's the same with Ramblers. I think they would be open if not for this lockdown, but they're still officially not. Uh, so yeah, so Deeds de- taking bookings as of now. Yeah, for the first of July onwards, which is cool. Mm. Lockdown pending, obviously. Yes, yes, um, as everything is. Yeah, long-awaited that Deeb's tap room, as we've uh, spoken about at length before. Yeah, it's nice of them to wait until two months after I move away from being next door to them, but that's fine. Um, it no, happens to the best of us. Bodrigi did the same to me. Yeah, yeah, it's just unfair. Yeah. It's, it's rude, that's what it is. Um, no, all the best to them. Uh, long time coming, we've spoken about it heaps. We'll definitely go there, have a scouting report. Probably oh, pretty yes. soon. Yeah. Um, Goodland. Yes. Uh, I yep. don't know who they are, unfortunately. Cool. Goodland are in Taralgon, uh, oh. in Gippsland, uh, and it's an ex-Demolin brewer, Jimmy Kreckelberg. Mm. That's very interesting. Uh, they've uh, got their kit installed and beers in the tank, and again, opening soon-ish. Probably right. June. Well, Taralgon's doable. Yep, yep, I drive through it, unfortunately, too regularly at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alice Springs are doubling production? Alice Springs are doubling production. Uh, They are upgrading their Braumeister, which they're currently doing four brews a day from. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, uh, so they've got a 500, they're going to a 12 hex system. Uh, Canning lines coming in as well, extra fermenters. Um, sounds like they're really kicking goals. They're just struggling for staff without tourists at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it's there's definitely room for a brewery there. Um, so I'm not surprised they're doing it right. But yeah, it's just the tourism is is kind of crucial to the whole thing working. Yeah, Grimbergen are opening an on-site. Yeah, so Grimbergen, I don't. Are you aware of who Grimbergen are? No, no, I'm not. Okay, they're like a uh, macro-owned. Abbey Ale style brewery. They're they're huge in Europe. Okay. Um, so Carlsberg own them, um, and they're a, a you know a monastery, um, and they're brewing putting a brewing kit in the Abbey for the first time in over two hundred years. Oh, very uh, cool! After it was destroyed in the French Revolution. <laughs> what better time? Exactly. There also there was there were a few articles that mentioned they were going to follow the sort of Trappist rules behind it with the monks doing it and the you know the stuff going back into the the abbey and stuff like that even though they're the wrong type of monk like they're not okay. not benedictine or cistercian or whatever the trappist ones are maybe they'll make their own sort of they could call it you know some sort of new monastery ale exactly but they've had quite a long history with um uh being you know macro ownership like mays who are a big belgian brewer have been um, branding their stuff since, like, the 50s. There you go. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It is. So uh, what 
Where's any idea roughly where that's opening? Uh, in Belgium. <laughs> yeah, cool. No, that's fine. I was I, I that was about as much as I uh, had had surmised. So that's all good. Belgium's um, small. If you yeah. get there, you can get there. <laughs> yeah, go to Cantillon and figure it out from there. Um, and finally, and most excitingly, uh, Sailor's Grave are opening their big farmhouse project sort of thing. I want to say the first in Australia, but uh, Two Meter Tall does exist. Yeah, um, and and Van Diemen, which I think is yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, this this does very much seem like the kind of hill farmstead sort of vibe, though. Like it's a bit different. Yeah, it sounds very sort of environmentally focused and having. Um, their own stuff that they can sort of farm to put in their beer and things like that. Yeah, so this is um, it's called Dune Town. Uh, it's in it's in around Marlow, which is uh, Gippsland. Yeah, proper that's proper deep Gippsland. So Taralgon's probably two hours. Marlow's got to be another two and a half from there. So it's probably four and a half hours plus from Melbourne. Yeah, so it's not too far from Orbos where they are located at the moment, but. Um, it's, you know, everything is a bit of a trek out there. I think it's going to be still quite a while before they actually get that off the ground. Yes. Yes. So the, I think they've, they've begun in earnest after a long time planning is kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. So we will follow that story and I'm sure get very messy there at some point when we're allowed yeah, to. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is if they're doing a big thing there, um, I'm just wondering how they're going to make it all work. I mean, surely they've got to set up some sort of accommodation or busing or... Yeah, that's the part that I was thinking about because I'm like, this is really, like you said, proper Gippsland. And Um, it was... mm. I think it was Drunken Beer Garden was what was said? Yeah. Drunken Botanical Garden. Yeah. um, It all sounds amazing. I'm just wondering how they're going to get the people going through it to make it work. You'd assume there'd have to be some form of accommodation on site. Or or a bus back to Marlow. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's going to be good for tourism down there. Oh, which yeah. Is probably, we should mention that a lot of this is happening because of a big government grant. Yes, yes. And I think some of that's relating to bushfires and some of that's re- relating to COVID and, yeah. Tourism and all that good all stuff. That. This, is, this is their award for uh, being in that ad. Ah, yeah, the tourism grant. <laughs> yeah. Three quarter, t- three quarter time at the AFL Grand Final, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. Always hard to recall three quarter time in the AFL Grand Final. To Especially be fair, especially when they made it a night Grand Final. Yes, yes. Um, go to the tasting paddle quickly, and then we will wrap up what has been a mammoth news segment. Uh, Stuart Irvine stepping down as Lion CEO after eight years at the helm. Exactly. I think it's important to mention this just in case the new CEO comes in, wants to stamp their own authority, maybe mix up something. Important to see what the big guys are doing. Burn down Mountain Goat. For example. <laughs> uh, Cryer Malt are opening a distribution centre in Derriman. Yep, that speaks for itself, I think. Easier yep. access to... Malt and Yakima hops and all the stuff they bring in. Um, Bought Malt, uh, Joe White, as they are better known, uh, reopening their Canvan malting facility. Yeah, so they're the largest maltster in the world, apparently, that group. There you uh, go. And they're doing a big upgrade on the Canvan um, facility, hoping to have it up and running in January 2022, and that'll contribute 77,000 tonnes of malt there you go. Uh, the Kanban is what 
Sellers Graves should call their transport from their facility, just on a, on a side note. Absolutely. Instead of being, <laughs> I think it's a suburb in Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> Something boring. Uh, Asahi Super Dry have been announced as the beer of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, that's a good stadium beer. Like, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> I won't, I won't uh, argue with that. Yeah, I see that ending badly for some people. <laughs> and well for others. Um, Bright and RSPCA have teamed up for Doggo Brow, which I think is an XPA. Yeah, Tropical XPA. Uh, part profits going to rescue and rehabilitate more dogs. And who doesn't like dogs and beer? Crazy people, that's who. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll be back with what we're drinking. We are back with what we're drinking, and I mean, essentially, this is pretty much just going to be good beer week, I think. Uh, maybe a couple other things, but primarily, I think, good beer week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, we'll talk about what, what we did together first. Um, we did a Pine of Origin crawl, which was, um, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was tame, but it wasn't too, too crazy. Um, I think we were tame until we uh, found the hand pump at the local tap house. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, that was we're, we're powerless in that situation. It wasn't our fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we went to the Lincoln for Tasmania. We'll just we'll run through them. Maybe just quickly mention. Yep. Something. Uh, Lincoln was not as good as last time, but uh, pretty cool. As always. Yeah, I think they were trying to be cool with their tap list to kick it off and they should have just put on the ASBs. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was enjoyable enough. Um, it was. Not... It's always a nice pub to visit. In. It is a really nice pub, yeah. should um, The food there is meant to be great. Oh, it's Probably. awesome. Yeah. It really is awesome. Um, went to the Catfish next, which is always good fun too. Um, which is actually, it's funny because the Lincoln was dead and then the Catfish was... Absolutely packed, yeah. This is this is like, you know, 12 o'clock on a Saturday, 1 o'clock? 1 o'clock maybe, yeah. Yeah. It was um, strange. Strange yeah. being in the catfish in daytime as well. I felt much more comfortable when we went upstairs and you just couldn't tell where, what time of day it was. Well, yeah, when we, when we were walking there, I'm like, I don't know where the hell we're going because I've never been there during the day. Um, but they were doing a New Zealand takeover, um, I think, or maybe just Garage Project even. I think it was New Zealand. Uh, maybe it was just Garage Project. Maybe it was meant to be New Zealand, but it was just Garage Project to begin with. I We only had Garage Project beers. Yes, yes. Um, and their Garage Project, they're always good. Yep, we had that really, that blue one, Beyond the Pale, I think it was called. Yeah, which is uh, blue lemonade sour, which is pretty much exactly as described. Yeah, exactly. Um, after that, we went to Bell's Hot Chicken. Uh, they were doing a... Sex Panther, new spice mix, uh, which was nightmarish. Unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she said that the girl there said, don't eat it first because we had two people who just left a whole plate of food after they tried to eat it. And yeah, look, <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> Bell's remains uh, delicious and painful in equal measure. Um, we had a couple more Garage Project beers there. Uh, yeah, we had the pickle thing. Mm. Which came with the Sex Panther, I think. And actually a great spicy food beer. Yeah, it was actually. As was uh, Throwback, 
Pirate Life throwback, which I haven't had for ages. Yeah, and I had Garage Project beer, which again, all pretty straightforward stuff, but yeah, all, they're all good beers for the situation. Yeah. Um, after that, we went to the Rainbow. Um, oh, I'm New struggling. South here. Wales or Sydney? Sydney, I think it is. Yeah, I'm struggling to remember what we had there. I had a disappointing red ale from Muley's. Yeah, I don't... I think I had a one drop. I think you did too. Yeah, that was... Um, the tap list looked all right. Um, it was just sort of... where It was on the way kind of thing. It was very much a one and done idea, I think. It wasn't in the plan. And then we were like, hang on, the rainbow's just up there. Mm. Let's pop in. Yeah. Um, and it's good to tick another one off. Yeah, always. Yeah. Uh, we then went to the park... Um, no, beer mash. Beer mash. Oh, yes, we did go to beer mash. Beer uh, mash and ignored the eight pastry stouts or whatever was on the menu. Yeah, yeah, we just had one stupid pie sour ale. Yeah, brewski. Yeah. I think it was a, you'd call it a, I don't even know what you'd call it. It was probably a, a pastry, pastry sour. Ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, they were good fun. They, they were good fun. And so uh, much vanilla, so much fruit. Yeah. Beer mash we're doing. I have yeah, had berry, yeah, yeah, blueberry, raspberry, or something. Um, beer mash we're doing Scandinavia as well, we should say, which they pretty much always do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we went to the park. Uh, yes. And you'll have to jog my memory. They were doing Queensland, and we tried the Black Hops, the new one, East Coast Haze. Yep. And that was pretty good. And we had A the disappointing Bolter. Bolter, yeah. Yeah, Czech Pilsen, which was not good. Mm. Which is disappointing, since they used to do a beautiful German pilsner. So why didn't they just do that? It's unexpected. Yeah, they they had a good Schwarzbier from them when we were up there. Um, they know how to do lager. It's just yeah, they they miss miss them missed up. this one. Yeah, yep. uh, went to the Cherry Tree or Country Vic, if I'm not mistaken. Country Vic. Yep. Um, that was all pretty solid. Yep. As um, usual, at Cherry Tree, we have weirdish stuff. Yeah. Um, S- sailors. Grave braggart. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was, yeah, quite sweet and enjoyable. Um, had that uh, collaborative hazy. Yeah, three and a half ideas, which is Bridge Road, Sailor's Grave as well, maybe? Yeah, I think so. And Range? I reckon it is Range. Yeah, I was going to say is. that. Yeah. I've just looked it up. It's Range, <laughs> Bridge Road and Sailor's Grave. That's yeah, cool. fun combo. Uh, we had Dark Harvest, which we always have. Which actually wasn't that great this year. No, it wasn't as good as normal. Um, and we didn't... The one thing I didn't do, which I used to do at the Cherry Tree, is uh didn't have what was on the Randall. Um, I think I it was just... I don't know what it was. Yeah, it, it wasn't as exciting as it normally was. Um, I think last time we were there, it was like they had a Randall through with fresh hops or something in it. And they've done ones like... Um, had like a Bridge Road sour with like oranges and stuff in it like they do really fun stuff and they usually and the randall's are always good fun always good fun um then finally went to the local tap house for the uk takeover which was um where i think the was the highlight made, uh, definitely it's where the wheels fell off a little bit well only a little bit though because they're pretty low alcohol those beers um, yeah but we went from pots to pints and there were oh we started pints. on pints definitely yeah <laughs> it's it's fine uh, it's they're, they're pint beers Unfortunately, we finished on last. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, but in our defence, they ran out of like all of the classic English beers. Um, they were not expecting the rush on those. No, no, it was like it was literally every time we went up to get a pint, 
I just started saying, "What do you have left?" Yeah, um, because yeah, we we got our we got our London Pride and our Tetley Smooth though. Yeah, Black Cab from Fuller's. Yeah, so we got what we wanted. We got what we came for. London Porter. Yeah, we had a few. Mm. And they were yeah, we had the stuff we wanted. Um, and then we had a couple of little bits and pieces from craft. More crafty stuff, yeah. But honestly, the um. It's just very, you know, they, they were quite expensive and, you know, it's, they're probably very boring to English listeners, but, um, ah, it's just a, it's just a treat having a, a pint of hand pumped Tetley's when it's unbelievably cold outside and it's just, this is the oh, real yeah. English experience. We were in proper English weather that night outside mm. as well. Why don't we sit outside? I'm uh, sure there was a reason. <laughs> it was noisy downstairs and uh. they didn't really have chairs inside. <laughs> Good. Upstairs. So, yeah, we just sort of sat out in the garden uh, with our multiple pints. Now, it was great fun. Um, it was. I, I would go back to the local tap house. Um, service is really good and the beer was lovely and overall a successful pint of origin. Exactly. Um, we, we did well considering you had one day. Yes, yes. That's, that's all I did that week. Um, just trying to be somewhat responsible. Um, so you did some other stuff though. So tell us about it. Yep, Lizzie and I had four events back-to-back, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oof. Uh, It was was good. We did well. Um, So we did the stomping ground into the wood, which is like they did some of their best ones from last year uh, and sort of introduced the new ones for this year. Yep. uh, Which is their sort of barrel-age slash Belgian stuff range. Um, and their Belgian Golden Strong Ale was the highlight for me. Interesting. It's, it's a new one. It was awesome. Absolutely really awesome. Um, uh, their stuff's the new good. Imperial Stout's going to be fun. Their new Imperial Stout's going to be fun as well. It hadn't been barreled yet. It was just fresh. Okay. And, and but it was still pretty good, fresh? Yeah, it was in a good spot. Like, it's going to turn out okay. <laughs> if it, yeah, if it's tasting good before it's barreled, that's a good sign. Um, yeah. that, that Into the Wood stuff is all really cool. I just uh, never really get around to drinking enough of it. Yeah. Uh, and on the way out, they gave us bottles. You got a bottle per ticket of the big, the large format stuff. So there was a wild, a wild ale and a Pinot Noir Saison, Brett mm. Saison. And they were both awesome. Awesome. It's good to hear. Um, good to see Stomping Ground doing more stuff like that. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. It's it's what they should be doing. They're yeah. really good at it. <laughs> uh, they are good at hoppy stuff too, though. That That is true. They're good at almost everything they do, Dylan. That's true, that's true. Uh, what was next? We went to the Moondog and Chin Chin event, um, and the food there was incredible. Good. I'm trying uh, to think if I'd been to Chin Chin. I think I have at some point. Yeah, uh, I always get which lane it's in, in the city wrong. But it's great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, they, probably the highlight there beer-wise was Black Lung. Yep. Was it uh, the most recent one or? Yeah, t- yep. 10, I think. Yeah, uh, I which they, which they served in a champagne flute, which was pretty cool. <laughs> That's fun. Very Moondog. Um, they also gave, we also tried New Old Mate, which is like super They're fresh. Super fresh. They've just made it into a hazy instead of an American pale. It's nice. Cool. So is that going to be It'll, what it is going forward? or Yeah, that's what it's going to be going forward. Okay. 
So is it going to be called it for the modern palette? No, it's just old mate, and oh. there's billboards around with we've had a refresh or something. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'll be interesting in, to give that a go. I didn't know that was happening, but seems smart. Why not? Yeah. So basically, it's got it's very tropical. It's a little yeah. lazy. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's one of those you worry about if it's not fresh, it might be a bit ugh. But yeah, we'll that's see. that was the same with original old mate too. That's true. They are just, yeah, hoppy beers. <laughs> uh, on the Wednesday, we went to Green Man's Arms, which is a pub in Carlton, a corner of Ligon, and I think it's called Elgin Street there. Yep. Um, that used to be some pub. It's now like a veggie pub, um, and it's great. Um, just six fixation beers, six courses. What one could you want on a... Wednesday night. I'm trying to think where that's near because I used to live very close to Elgin Street. So I'm trying to think if there's uh, anything around there. Not super important. I'm just uh, getting the picture in my head. Um, but it's a nice, nice part of uh, Carlton. That yeah, it's uh, where the tram turns. Yeah, 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 yeah. I right know. there. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, nice spot there. Um, fixation beers. You can't really go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Danker things was awesome as usual. Uh, Obsession was awesome, Little Ray. Really, they were all good. It's fixation, you know. Exactly. And they had this um, this nettle pasta that, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that nettle, was that nettle, one, yeah. nettle risotto. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's, um, yeah, exciting food-wise as well as beer. Interesting sort of match-up, those two. Yeah, it, it paired better than I thought it would. Um I thought hops could have overpowered it if they, depending what the kitchen were doing, but no, worked really well. In the end, good food and good beer are rarely going to be too uh, bad together. That's right. That's right. You you can fuck it up, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the final one? Oh, everyone's favourite event: beer versus pig. Mm. Uh, how I, was it? I don't know how many I'm up to. At least four, I think. Four I sounds know. right. Yeah. What an event. Um, yeah, look, there was wedding sausage on the first plate, which is a bold way to start the uh, event. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it was all Victorian beer. Yeah, which is probably a bit different from what they normally do. Yeah, yeah. So they always change up the um, the theme of the beers. But the meats, I think, are pretty consistent. They were definitely ones I remembered. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you want, though. You want the beer to be different, but you want to you want to know the food's going to be awesome and plentiful. Yeah, that Shabai from that's from St Albans somewhere. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have the secret hookup with some of those things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where they how they get that out of that man's dodgy backyard, which is I assume how that's made. But <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Some of those got to be good. God, it's good. <laughs> well, that uh, sounds like a quality good beer week. Yeah, and then I had family stuff on the last week, so couldn't do anything on the weekend. I think I think that's a relatively good good beer week back. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome to be back having missed last year. And um, yeah, may, maybe good that the weekend was free with the little scare and so on. Probably. <laughs> that IPA, blind IPA tasting had my name written all over it otherwise. Yeah, there are a few dangerous looking things that... Could have very easily done. Yeah. Um, 
All right, non-good beer week stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've checked down a couple of beers that I think we should mention. I've already mentioned the Stomping Ground Belgian Strong Ale. Yep. That is coming out in cans, so everyone should buy that. It's Duvel-esque. They're always uh, well-priced, those uh, they cans, are. too. They are. Uh, it's got just the right amount of residual sugar for the style. Like, it's it's bang on. Good. I'll, I'll definitely give it a crack after saying, you know, I have to drink more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one that I think you will love is the One Drop New Zealand Pilsner. It's incredible. I don't understand why people haven't jumped all over this. Emerson's-esque? Very Emerson's-esque. It's got that same gooseberry thing going on. Bit of Venus, grass. Um, it, it's just a really good pills. That sounds, yeah, pretty great. Can't argue with that. Um, had a Saison Pont. Thought we don't mention that enough. <laughs> got to mention every time we have it. It's in the contract. Almost. I also had the dry hopped one with Styrian Wolf, I think it is. I think that's a Slovenian hop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Drink that if you come across it. A uh, couple of red IPAs, Fixation 30666, which is their new Best Buds release. I think it's also in the um, in the incubator. Uh, Three Ravens Freya, which they did in collaboration with Pink Boots, Victoria. Ah, yep, yep. I saw some things for that. Yeah, that's a super me beer. It's a red IPA with rye and good bitterness. You can't really ask so much more, to be honest. No. And finally, the Destruce Cuvée Delphine was the other one I was going to mention, uh, which is actually a beer I think we should play on I Can't Believe You Haven't Had or whatever that segment was called for you at some point. Yeah, I definitely haven't had that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just, it's a Belgian Imperial Stout. and I've always loved the copy. The co- it's a, I think it's about 13%, but the copy said restrain, says restrained or mellowed bitten alcohol or something. <laughs> <laughs> mellowed in the sense that that's what you'll be after you have it, perhaps. Uh, no, I think it's in comparison to their other Imperial Stout, which is like 16 or 17, <laughs> but you know. This is, their, this is their session Imperial Stout. Basically. But basically, <laughs> that's what they're going for. That's good stuff. Do you um, have anything to mention from the last couple of weeks? Oh, not heaps. Um, the I had thanks to Garage Project had a couple of uh, Trillium cans. Um, they were very enjoyable. Just the daily serving ones. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed them. They are basically smoothies, um, but very, very tasty. Um, it's kind of like the way they do things in America is just you know very hedonistic, over the top. Uh, just so much fruit, so much sweetness, so thick, um, almost not beer. Like I wouldn't say that I would want to drink them all the time, but they're very, very fun as like a one or two off. Yep. Yep. I have some farmer's fate. I think I'm going to bring one over if we're ever allowed to brew again. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, yeah. It's it very good of Carriage Project to get them to uh, Australia. And it's funny because you think they'd disappear instantly, but they hung around for a bit just because it's like everyone's like, ew, bottles, ew, sours, which is, you know, great result for us. I think it took me four days to buy them. I was like, nah, do I really want them? And then they were still there and I thought I had to. <laughs> yeah, so, someone has to and it yeah, might as well exactly. be you. Um, otherwise, a few garage project things. Uh, I had XO33, which is um, a dry hopped lager with a new experimental hop, uh, hence the name. Which is cool. interesting because it is a noble hop, a noble hop style. So it's not like a big Ooh. fruit bomb. Uh, just like super grassy and like hay and 
that kind of thing, um, which is pretty fun in like a dry hopped lager. Um, That's very really cool. Yeah, very like crisp and refreshing and, you know, good Pilsner-esque. Yeah, I think um, I missed that one completely. I'll have to keep an eye out. Yeah, I don't think it was too long ago um, that it came out. So it's probably still floating around. Um, the only other one I had, which I haven't had in ages, was um, Fugazi, which is like their 2% IPA, which is still remarkably good for that alcohol. That thing's incredible. That beer, Every time I have it. Ugh. Yeah. It's like, how, how do they pull that one off? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's all from me. Is that all from you? That is all from me. Wonderful. We will be back with the ranking of lagers. We are back with the ranking of lagers, which is uh, a nice thing to say. I feel like it's been a little while. Um, it has. I think our last episode went out in about February with a ranking of lager in it. Maybe it was May. Yeah, I think it had the March. wrong the wrong March. ranking of lager or, or something like that. We did the wrong yeah. order. I think so. I also did get an email the other day. Apparently we haven't released that old segment, so we'll do that as a separate <laughs> thing. Okay. That's, that'll help us hit the 2 two eight thing. I wasn't sure. I was... I was Flicking through, it's easy to easy to miss out on these things. Um, I thought we'd done it, but clearly we haven't. <laughs> that's what we get for recording things separately. Yes. Um, but yes, we'll just put that out on its own. Maybe we can tack on another one or something. Yeah, have chuck a nice an interview on it or something. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Get a lager expert on, but which is That'd just be... just us, I think. Apparently, the uh, Brienne Allen podcast, apparently the last bit, she goes, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I just want to talk about lagers. So that's <laughs> a highlight to get to. That's pretty much what I think at the end of every one of our segments. <laughs> um, so as the legend goes, uh, every podcast we try three beers, which is wrong. We are only trying one. We're back to lockdown rules. Also, not being able to find enough lager rules. Um and we will slot it into a master list of lagers, so one per country, uh, meant to be the most popular one as defined by untapped slash us when we feel like it. Um, at the moment, we have got Pilsner, Urkel, Tenants, Carlsberg, Kilmers, and Kingfisher as the top five, and the bottom five are Red Stripe, Bintang, Wonu, Kuskenya, and Pabst Blue Ribbon from the the contract country, we're calling it, just to be nice. <laughs> um but yeah, that, that's a, so that kind of gives you a baseline of where we're at if you haven't heard one of these before. Uh, and today we have got Lav from Serbia. We do. We do. Quick little bit of history on Lav. Uh, so it's produced by, and I'm going to butcher some Serbian in here, so I do apologise in advance. So it's produced by Pivara Salarevo, which was founded in 1892 in Palenka in modern-day Serbia. Uh, it's, it's a very small town. The brewery was quite big, like it was a regional brewery. It was producing maybe a million litres most of its, for most of its history. Uh, and it had its own malt house, which closed in 1973. In 2003, Carlsberg took over 52%, and then a year later upped its stake to 99.96%, clearly in honour of Don Bradman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, its name means lion... And it sponsored the Serbian national team, soccer team, since 2004. Okay, cool. So that's, it's not hard, I imagine it's hard to argue with this one as being the, the Serbian one. Uh, I think it and Jelen 
uh, right up there, but there's always chat about whether Jelen's from Montenegro or or what goes on. So possibly the safer call. Yeah, yeah, I I think this is the I think this is the call. If you if you're sponsoring the national soccer team, you're probably the biggest one. <laughs> that that's very fair. I think that's a good way to do things. Um, that's how I'll have to work it out with uh, Australia. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know the unfortunate answer to that question is Carlton draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll cross that bridge. That's going to be one of the last ones we do, probably. That will be a desperate time when we're really running out of lagers. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to save that for a, a very rainy day. Um, so, yeah. Have you, have you smelled this, Dillard? Mm. Um, metal and chemicals, it's it's good stuff. Mm. A yes. bit, of, bit of sweetness there. Um, pores are right. Like, looks looks pretty okay. Uh, lacing's well, all right. The heads on the darker right. side? Yeah, for the, from some, a lot of the ones we've had, it's not like that very close to water gold. It gave me hope there might be some malt in it, but mm. I'm not sold. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's putting it nicely, probably. Mm. Not sold. Um, shall we? Shall we? I think this one's got to go off air. Yeah, just just for the sake of uh, some feelings, I think. <laughs> this yeah, is horrible. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. After a little bit of debate, but mostly over how low it's going to go, um, Lab slots in at number 34. So we have a new entrant into the bottom five. So congratulations, Lab. Well well deserved. Um, unfortunately, this just isn't a very good beer. I mean, um, I you know always go into it with the most open of minds. That's kind of why we do this segment. Um, unfortunately, just not anything really good to say. Uh, sort of a, a acrid, sort of chemical, sort of flavour. It's, it's sweet. It's kind of also kind of nothing at the same time. I think it's a bit oxidised. Like I think that would also explain the colour. But I get that sort of cardboard, um, yeah, stale, bananary thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the wet cardboard. There's just it doesn't drink easily either. It's not crisp. It's not. There's not a there's no, not a lot of redeeming features here. Yeah, for how little flavour there is, it doesn't go down smoothly. Yeah. You can't yeah, like a lot of these at least you can throw them back. Yeah. Whereas um, this like, one, I think this is going down the sink for me. Yeah, look it's it's not worth not worth the calories, which they do have on the back. They do. So clearly Serbia has uh food standard laws. Yeah, yeah. Um so this is a uh a portent of our grim future, perhaps. Um, 180 kilojoules per 100 mils. It sounds like okay. a lot. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's like, what, 150 calories for a bottle? That sounds, that's about normal, I think. Oh, yeah, that's probably right. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. That's my review. Fantastic. That's the sort of thing craft brewers love, but I feel that Carlsberg, Serbia won't mind. Yeah, and you know, actual Carlsberg has went up the list fairly high, so they've got they've got enough from us. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah, that's um, a bit of a down note to end the podcast on, but um, end the podcast we shall. Um, it has been 
good bit of a longer episode, but you know, you get that on the big jobs. Um, Lots of stuff to discuss today, Dylan. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, good beer week. Uh, it has that effect. Um, but you know, yeah, uh, you can get in touch with us at Dylan at com or Angus at com. Um, should be some updates on the website here and there at beeroclockaustralia.com. Uh, subscribe, follow, interact, all of that good stuff if, you, if you're interested. Uh, good or bad, um, feedback, comment, question, anything. Yeah. Anything happen, welcome. Yeah. Anything any welcome. S- yep, yep. So um, thanks for listening as always, and we will be back soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.